Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Talk Exchange. Today we have with us a truly fascinating guest. His name is Leslie Grigg and his family, get this, invented the tater tot. The tater tot, how cool is that? He's got a whole family legacy surrounded uh, around this invention and he's gonna tell us our story today, how it all started in the 1950s and how he is making it his personal mission to preserve the family legacy. And he's gonna tell us even where the name Tater Tot comes from and how he is now considered the Tater Tot King. So this really is a fun episode packed with great information. Hope you guys enjoy this one here on the Talk Exchange Podcast. Welcome to Talk Exchange. I'm Tracy Edwards, CEO of the National Exchange Club. And I'm Christy Lindahl, Director of Communications. Christy, look what we have here. <laughs> I they am so excited. So Do you know of anything more universally loved than the tater tot? No. You're Everybody so loves the tot. Well, they do. And you know what? When when you hear the word or the phrase tater tot, people get a smile on their face. Yeah. They get happy. They're like, oh, where can we get some? So we had the brilliant idea just moments ago mm -hmm. that we were interviewing this gentleman whose grandfather <laughs> and uncle were the inventor of the tater tot. And we said, let's run out and get some. So let's try them, shall we? Yum. Let's try. I need mine with a little bit of ketchup. ketchup. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Mm. Everybody hears the crunch. Mm -hmm. Les, these are good. Mm. So <laughs> I'm excited about our guest today. I got to know Les Grigg when he was the district president of our Yellowstone District Exchange Clubs. He resides in Idaho. I actually got to go out to Idaho Falls for his district convention and meet him and spend some time. He's just fascinating with this history. Mm -hmm. And he retired recently and took on the whole protecting of the tater tot goods and history. So Les, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm excited. We are too. Congratulations on your retirement, which allows you more time to focus on the history of the tater tot. Yes. So take us back to 1954. I read that that was your grandfather and uncle's big debut of the tater tot at the National Potato Convention in Miami. Yes, they had been in production for about a year and uh, they were trying to figure out how they can take this product national. And so they packed up 15 pounds of tater tots in a, in a dry ice and a container and they went to Miami. And Miami is a hotel convention center that called the Fountain Blue and they went down there unannounced, uninvited. They walked in the back door. Uh, the chief cook approached them and they passed him a $100 bill and said, would you please uh, put these out on the plate, a few on the plate on every table. And he, uh, he just thought that was a pretty good idea. So <laughs> he did that. And uh, tater tots were the hit of the, of the party that day. <laughs> That's awesome. What ingenuity and what a great and unique mm -hmm. way of getting the word out there. So what did you think? What was your experience with this process when you got to be old enough to where you could understand the 
magnitude of somebody literally inventing a product that's known and loved all over the world. So my, my first experience, my first memorable experience is the fourth grade. My father was serving as a cost accountant for the processing plant in Burley. This was 1959, 1960. Uh, they had started the tater tot production in Ontario, Oregon in 1953, I was born in 1952. And so by the time I was in the fourth grade, that would have been 1960, 19 thereabouts, they had needed a new, an additional plant because they were so successful in, in French fries and tater tots production that they needed a new plant for two reasons, to fix capacity problems. And secondly, to increase uh, transportation access to the United States. And so they chose Burley, Idaho, which was right on the railroad, main railroad line. It's right near the southern part of the state, good access to transportation. And so they built a plant in Burley. My father was a cost accountant they hired then to build the plant, and then he became the office manager. So in the fourth grade, my mother and I, we got the job to go out to the plant every day and fill the vending machines with food for the employees. <laughs> so that was my first real job. And... Um, uh, by 1965, my father had decided to leave the company. And in 1965, Orida was purchased by Heinz Corporation. And so from that point forward, Tater Tots became our, our family story, our family legacy. And I, I spent my entire life uh, with the big question mark as to, you know, why is the let's say the Hershey Foundation, why is the Hershey Company, why are the Rockefellers, how come all of these famous iconic names, they all foundations, they're all, they're all connected to their, to their story, their history, but the Tater Tot, the Grigg family, we kind of got swept under the rug of history uh, over time, and um, uh, in 2018, I got a phone call from CBS Sunday Morning News Magazine. They wanted to do a story of tater tots. They wanted to do a 20-minute film segment. It ended up being basically a discussion of uh, recipes, but they wanted part of that to be the history of the, of, the, of the story behind it. So we got the family together. We put together some stuff. They used it in their production, and that became the catalyst for me, again, wondering you know, what's going on with this legacy? How come, how come it is what it is? And so my cousin and I, Steve, he is Nephi's youngest son, Nephi Grigg. He and I uh, made some contacts with uh, Kraft Heinz Corporation. We decided to travel over to the uh, Orida plant in Ontario, Oregon. And I'll insert here that Still, at this day, Ontario, Oregon produces 100% of the Orida brand tater tots for the nation. Wow. And Oregon, Ontario, Oregon is a town of about 12,000 people. And how many pounds would you say they produce? I don't know the number. I think there's a billion pounds of tots, which includes all of the off brand, brand off names. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much. And there is a capacity shortage of production for all snack foods in the country, not only tater tots, but there's a capacity production problem for all snack foods across the country. Why is that? They just they just can't produce enough for the demand. Wow. 
Tater tots are making a comeback. So, Wes, what is your personal experience with tater tots? Did you eat enough um, as a child? Too many? So let me let me let me back up. So uh, go back to nineteen nineteen, roughly nineteen forty five, nineteen early nineteen forties. Golden Grig and Nephi Grig, uh, their brothers are about uh, fourteen months apart in age. They basically were partners in everything they did all their lives. And uh, they started uh, Greek Brothers Produce, and they started selling sweet corn. They, they had this idea that if they went out in the early, late, late, after, late evening, early morning hours and picked the sweet corn and put it on ice, then they would deliver it to the corn farmers. And they decided that that was a better tasting corn than picking it in the heat of the day. And so they started this project, and over the next uh, roughly five, six years, they became the largest frozen corn distributor in the in the United States. Wow! Hmm. So they were they were shipping frozen corn from Ontario, Oregon, into California, up to Seattle, all the way into the Dakotas. The problem that they had was that that was only a two month out of the year business. Oh sure. And so they decided, how can we uh, how what can we do to have a, a more seasonal uh, program and they decided, well, we need to get in the frozen French fry business. So they purchased a, a bankrupt processing plant in Ontario from the Bridgeford Corporation. And this was in 1952 and they started making frozen French fries. So in that year, the first year of frozen French fries, they would block the potatoes and the, the waste from that went into a bucket a big bin, and they sold it to the cattle farmers for cattle feed. Mm. So during this time, my uncle, Golden and, and Nephi, they had a kitchen in their in their plant. They kept deciding, we got to figure out something better to do with this. So they spent several months just thinking about it. They obviously had the potato glop, so they mixed some with some flour and some spices. And then they had the potato glop, so then they started thinking, what do we do with the potato glop? <laughs> and uh, the answer that they came up with was the holy board. Wow. Ah. <laughs> I've never heard of a potato glop. Right, no. Oh, it's a first. Now, is that the original that is going in no, the No, this is a replica. So, okay. This is a replica that I made. The original holy board is still hanging on the wall of the Ontario, Oregon plant where it's been sitting for 70 years. Wow. And um, we decided in roughly four years ago, three, three years ago, that this board had a destiny uh, in, a, in, the, in the American food industry that was really important, but yet nobody knows about it. It, it was just sitting there. And, 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 and I think what happened is that from the employee's perspective, it was, it was a important piece of, of uh, equipment from the Ontario, Oregon employees. Mm -hmm. And they had it enshrined on their wall, but to the corporate people in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania from Kraft Heinz, they didn't even know it existed. They could care less. Mm -hmm. And so we've decided as a family that this whole story needed to be, uh, it needed to be changed. And so we spent two years trying to do that with Kraft Heinz. We got nowhere with it. Then in January of 2022, 
Kraft decided to sell the plant, the board, and the potato processing rights to J.R. Simplot Corporation. And that kind of broke everything loose. Uh, in February of this year, I contacted J.R. Simplot, told them we thought the Holy Board needed to have a place in history. They agreed with us. Oh, we told nice. them that we wanted to try to reconnect our family name with Tater Tots. And they said, let's put it together. So we had a conference call with the legal department of Kraft Heinz, marketing department of Kraft Heinz, J.R. Simplot, my cousin and I. And since March, we have then become the, the face, if you will, the face of the Holy Board. Awesome. And the Tater Tot King. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And I know so that's that's my that's my story in in a in a short. That's a great story, and I know when you and I have talked, you're you're very thoughtful and mindful about preserving the family legacy, as you've referred to. So you've created this foundation. You've done some podcasts. I know at the national convention, you mentioned your goal of having a tater tot festival. So what do you see as the future? You have some of the items back where you want them. You've had these conversations. What's your vision for the future of the tater tot foundation and the Grigg family legacy? I'll answer your question as I, in a minute, one other thing I wanted to mention by divine, by divine intervention, Nephi, Greg, and I share the same date of birth. We're both born mm -hmm. on May 6th. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a special thing that to me, as I've grown up, spent my life, I, we would go to family reunions when I was a, a child, and we would sit there, and, and Nephi would tell us all these stories. And so I grew up at family reunions getting to know him, and I was, I was just always – it was a big impression on a young on a young mind. And mm -hmm. so when I became uh, looking for employment in 1978, 1980, uh, I decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur like my uncle. And that's how I got in the brokerage business. That's where I landed in my efforts to try to be an entrepreneur. So uh, I spent the last 65, 65, 60 some years wondering about this legacy. And as this thing has unfolded here in the last um, roughly three months, uh, it's been very, very clear to me that since we have no legal right to any monetary benefit whatsoever from this iconic food, the only sensible just thing to do is we want to monetize this for charitable benefits. So since I have been so entangled in child abuse prevention for the last yes. 35 years as an exchangeite and veterans affairs, it just seems to me like that's where I'm going to try to focus my charitable efforts. So um, we are we are in discussions right now with a few people in the community to have the first annual East Eastern Idaho Tater Tot Festival for next summer. And uh, one of the organizations that we've been working with for 35 years is called Domestic Violence Sexual Assault Center. And they're in need of a new building. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see what we can to try to get people to, to want to finance this building as a, as a joint effort between the Tater Tot Legacy Foundation and the various communities in Idaho Falls. Uh, we're also working with United Way in this project. And so we're starting to form a big committee 
Also, I've, uh, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to get our 501c3 organization filed, and then I'm going to launch a national crowdfunding effort to try to get this thing started. Wonderful. Wow, and I'm sure exchange clubs across the country would love to be involved and host their own tater tot festivals as well. Yeah, and so that's that's been on my mind as to how do you how do you put this together to make it something that uh, that other clubs can duplicate and or mm-hmm. participate in, and I think that would be just a really super idea. Absolutely. Tater tots. I love it. I love it too. So what does your family think about you reviving this whole tater tot phenomenon? And just to connect the dots for people listening. So since your grandfather and your uncles invented the tater tot, that means they also founded Orida Foods, correct? Yes. 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 Wow. What an amazing family mm-hmm. legacy that must be. So what does your family think about you reviving this tater tot legacy? They're watching from the sidelines with a bated breath and excitement. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's super cool. And I, and I, I want to toot my own horn a little bit because uh, my cousin, Steve, he's like, he's the, he's the youngest of Nephi. Um, we're, we're both, we're first cousins once removed. Um, when I first approached him about this uh, about a year ago, he's made some comments that kind of reflect the mindset of the family. And that was that nobody cares about our family legacy. Nobody cares about how we're connected with the tater tots. And I says, I beg to differ. And I've had the vision of this process for two or three years. In fact, my vision actually was born at a national convention when, when we listened to uh, Amelia Earhart tell her family history. Yes. I remember that. And, and that kind of was a catalyst for helping me to get, become a visionary, if I will, use that term, to want to do something about this. And so things have kind of dovetailed into where we are today, and, and, and I expect I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. Awesome. I'm excited. I know every time I talk to you and you've contacted me to tell me the updates and things. It's been so exciting to see your passion Mm -hmm. for this. And now that you have time since you're retired to focus on it and to see the interest too. the fact that you said you've been on a dozen podcasts talking about this and we can't wait to see where this journey takes you. And we want exchange to be part of it. And thank you for being a valued member of exchange. We have the most fascinating members. Don't we We really do? (laughs) We really do. I never, ever thought that I'd meet the founding family of the Tater Tots. Right. But today's your lucky here, day. Here Look we are. This. I know. It's I think incredible. we should have a Tater Tot in celebration. Oh, we should Pass cheers one down to Brad, the producer. That's right. All right. Get some ketchup there. What other questions? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I have a well, you still haven't told me how many Tater Thank Tots you. you've eaten in your life. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. You know, the, the, this, this family story of mine goes even back a few more generations, and it actually goes into Ohio. Hmm. And, and uh, the story there is that um, my fifth great-grandfather was married. He, he lived in Kirtland in 1835, Kirtland, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was, he was called as one of the original apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Wow. And his wife was ma- named Thankful. Huh. She died in 1937 of consumption. 
And he remarried uh, actually a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> but his uh, one of his wives uh, was named Sarah Houston. And Party and Sarah had a daughter named Julia. Julia grew up and her first daughter, they named Thankful after Party's first wife. Okay. So my great grandmother was Thankful Gardner and she married Party Mormon Grigg. So Party P. Pratt and Thankful had a grandchild named Thankful who married Party Mormon Grigg. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and so Parley and Thankful were the, so Party P. Pratt was the grandfather of, or the, the great grandfather of Nephi and Golden Grigg. And so Party P. Pratt was partly responsible for the invention of the tater tot. Wow, <laughs> for sure. All right. That's amazing. I just wish my parents had had the good sense to name me thankful. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's, a, that's a family history part of this that, that is, to me, is just, um, it's just so interesting to me. I, and that story hasn't been widely circulated around the country either. And I think mm -hmm. it's a story that is, uh, is kind of funny. It's just kind of sweet. It's yeah. a very sweet story, and I love your passion and your enthusiasm for tater tots, for your family history. This is super cool, and we really appreciate you joining us to talk more about it. Is there anything else our audience should know about anything you have upcoming, where to find more information and follow your journey? We, are, uh, we, do, have a, we do have an email set up. My cousin is working on a, on a logo for the Greek Tater Tot Legacy Corporation. The email that we are wanting to use is grigtatertot at gmail.com. Okay. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, good to know too, that um, the actual patent for tater tots is plural. And so uh, that is owned by Kraft Heinz Corporation. And so if you see the, or I the logo, you'll see the word tater tots with a trademark R under it. And that's the official patented name. Okay. How did it, how did they come up with the word tater tot? Good question. Yeah. So they, after they had got the glop built and the, and the, <laughs> and the little round, round potatoes idea, they decided we need a product name. So they uh, did a, uh, did a contest around Ontario, Oregon and uh, said, help us name this product and uh, a woman and I was I, I can look up her name it's in my it's in my briefcase Cora Cora may it's not popping there she came up with the word tater tots she won the contest oh wow all right and did so she win a lifetime a supply is, of tater tots woman, yeah, a woman is the person who invented the name of Tater Tots. Oh, right. We like right. that. Oh, oh, we like to hear that. <laughs> Very good. Well, you are the Tater Tot King. Thanks for your commitment to preserving your family legacy. Thanks for being a valued member and leader with the National Exchange Club and all the work you do out there. Give our best to everybody and tell them how excited we are to follow your journey. Well, yep. thank you. Thank you for Great. the time you've taken with us, Leslie. I really appreciate it. Thank you.